0: Well, good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. Can you all stand back up real quick? Oh, I was just, you guys knew I was joking. That's awesome. Yeah, Fantastic. Welcome, everyone. My name's Ryan. If you're new or visiting or one of the many kids that are hanging out for the Christmas service today, I'm the lead pastor here. So good to see all of you and to see that you all survived the icepocalypse, apocalypse, Right. Oh man, I'm so glad we were able to meet today. You know, I found out some pretty disconcerting news on our staff earlier this week and I was dwelling on it during the icepocalypse. Um, it was that a couple of them hadn't seen classic Christmas movies um, like It's a Wonderful Life and Home Alone. I know, I know. I was like, there goes the Christmas bonus. Uh, like you haven't seen. I didn't say that to them. I just, that just came out just now. But either way, that's their assignment over the Christmas, this Christmas break, is to, is to watch those classic movies. Now, for a moment, I just want to address the kids in the room today. Kids, are there any kids here today? First through fifth graders, we here? Oh, they're so polite. They're like raising their hands. Hey, are you excited for Christmas tomorrow? Oh, come on. You can be louder than that. Are you excited for Christmas tomorrow? I'm so excited. Now, what are you most excited for about Christmas tomorrow? What's, what are you most excited for? presents out there yes yes i love it i'm excited about presents too i can't wait for a present so on the count of three i want all of you to shout out what you're most hoping for underneath the christmas tree tomorrow on the count of three here we go one two three go all right parents it's on all right sorry about that anyway I hope you guys all get wonderful things tomorrow under the Christmas tree, but, and I'm sure you already know this, the real reason of Christmas. Why are we really celebrating Christmas? Kids, do any of you know? Why? Jesus' birth. I heard it a couple times. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. The arrival of Jesus. The arrival of the one who promises to take away all of our sins. The arrival of the one who promises to make all wrong things right the arrival of the light of the world. And that's one of the things that Jesus is called. He is the light of the world. Now, light is super important, and most of us take light for granted, unless we lost power this week and you live in Woodenville, right? And then you, then, you, then you really appreciate light right now. But most of us, we take light for granted. We got light switches, and we just think we're always going to have it. And light is so important. Plants, Plants need light to survive. If they don't have light, they will wither and they will die. And, and not just plants, but people need light too. I mean, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, come February, March, April, you are like clamoring for some sunlight, right? Kids, ask your parents about SAD after the service. It's called seasonal affective disorder. It's a real thing, all right? On top of that, light, like very obviously, we need light to see, we need light to see and make our way through this world so we don't bump into things, hurt ourselves, break things. Light is so important. In fact, light is so important in the midst of darkness that we have nightlights. How many of you have had or have a nightlight in your room right now? You have a nightlight. Nightlights are so important right? because of the darkness, darkness can be scary, can't it? It can be creepy to be in the dark all by yourself, especially when you have that nightlight. It's so important because we know that not only does it keep the darkness away, it keeps the monsters away too, right? <laughs> right? We all know it's kind of like this invisible force field they can't come into. You know, you can just Google it, it's, it's real. Um, kids, I'm kidding. There are no such thing as monsters, unless, of course, you're a Seahawks fan and you're playing against the 49ers defense. Those guys were absolute monsters the other Thursday night. That's real scary stuff. But darkness can be scary, darkness can be unsettling, darkness can cause fear to rise up in our hearts. And so, naturally, we like the light, we love the light. Whether it's a sunny summer like afternoon spending time outside or these long winter nights that are broken up by by houses decorated with beautiful Christmas lights, there is something so beautiful and so lovely about light. We all prefer light to darkness. And did you know the Bible refers to light over 200 times? Over 200 times in the scriptures, we see God's word bring up light, not just literally, but also figuratively to represent things like beauty and life and hope and anticipation. In fact, in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, in that ancient story of creation, the first thing that's created amidst chaos and darkness is, it's light. It's light. And the prophet Isaiah, he prophesied about this really special person that would one day come and one day arrive on the scene and lead God's people out of darkness. And Isaiah, he prophesied and he said that this special person would be a light to the nations to open blind eyes, to release prisoners from dungeons, those who live in darkness from prisons. You see the way that God's word talks about darkness. It's scary, uh, dungeons, prisons. And what's so amazing about the light though that Isaiah prophesies about is that this light has come. And this light is a person. And this light has a name and his name is Jesus. The gospel writer Matthew, he refers to this prophecy that Isaiah wrote about hundreds of years previous. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, Matthew writes about this light, and he says this that the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. And on those who sit in the region and shadow of death, a light has dawned. And that light has dawned and that light is Jesus. But again, we see this, this kind of scary imagery of darkness. The darkness is not just a dungeon, it's not just a prison, it's also this valley, this, this dark valley of, sh- the shadow of death is how Psalm 23 refers to it. And darkness is scary, it is unsettling, and, and not just literally, but, but, but listen, there is darkness all around us, figuratively and spiritually. We encounter darkness and chaos in our lives every single day, every week, every year. We encounter darkness when we encounter troubling financial situations when we don't know how the bills are going to get paid. Maybe you've been in a spot like that. Maybe you find yourself in that spot this evening. We encounter darkness when we have a broken relationship that is just lingering. We haven't spoken to that person in a while and we just feel the hurt and the pain and the darkness in that relationship. We encounter darkness when a loved one who is very close to us receives a diagnosis that 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 isn't looking so good, and we wrestle with that darkness all the time. But listen, amidst that darkness that we encounter in all sizes, shapes, and forms, understand that there's hope. Understand this evening today that there's hope. There's hope in the midst of the darkness. The light has arrived. And the light has arrived in a manger as a baby and as a child. And that might seem like really insignificant. You're like, I'm facing darkness. You don't understand what I'm facing. And we're here gathered together on Christmas Eve night. And you're talking about some baby who's light. And that means something. But listen, this is really important. In the midst of darkness, a little bit of light can go a long way. In the midst of darkness, a little bit of light can go a long way. So I'm going to come down here and grab this from under the chair. We have these little wax candles. And you probably have one of these underneath your chair. Don't grab it yet. Not time. Um, we got these little wax candles, all right? And um, it might seem insignificant. I'm going to light it up here. It might seem like an insignificant amount of light. And with these bright lights on me right now, Um, It is, you're right. I mean, it it really means nothing. But if we were in pure darkness, or even just a dark night, and it was clear, and you could clearly see across the way, did you know that you could see this light from 3.1 miles away? 3.1, and the only reason that you can't see it farther, oh no. (laughs) Service over, sorry. No, we're going to relight it here, because the only reason you can't see this from any further... I'll try not talking right into the light this time. The only reason you can't see it any further is because it would drop below the horizon line. If you were on top of a mountain or in an airplane and it was totally dark outside, do you know that you could see this light from up to 30 miles away? 30 miles away. In the midst of darkness, a little bit of light, it goes a long, long way. You know, not only did the prophets prophesy about Jesus being this light, Not only did the gospel writers write about Jesus being this light, but Jesus himself calls himself the light. In the gospel of John, what we find are seven different I am statements that Jesus refers to himself. He says, I am this and I am that. And in John 8, 12, Jesus says this about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so in his own words, Jesus said that he came into our world to be the light of the world. And he said that when we follow him, when we surrender our lives to him, when we spend time with him and model our life after him, we will not walk in darkness. Regardless of what we face, regardless of what we encounter, when we follow the light of the world, we will not walk in darkness. And Jesus didn't mean this literally. He's not saying I'm like some flashlight or spotlight or something. He meant this spiritually. Here's what I find interesting, though. So many of us can still, I mean, you don't have to be a kid. You can be an adult and find darkness unsettling. You find yourself in like the house and the lights are off, and that's kind of spooky. It's kind of scary. You're wondering what's around the corner, even though, you know, nothing's probably around the corner. But what I find interesting is that even though we can grow old and still be slightly uncomfortable with the dark, So many of us grow comfortable with the spiritual darkness that's in our lives. And I'm not talking about the broken relationships and the sickness and the unpaid bills and those things that we face that we all want to avoid. But what I'm talking about here are the thoughts, the actions, the behavior, the way of life, maybe that hopelessness we feel, the worry that we feel the neglect of our relationship with the Lord that goes on in our life and we just have this darkness that we just kind of grow really comfortable with and it kind of becomes like this steady partner in our lives. I find that really interesting and you see Jesus came, Jesus came as a baby in this manger so that we would no longer have to walk in that darkness. He came as the light of the world so that we could experience comfort and peace in his presence as we encounter things that are obstacles, things that are hurtful, things that are broken in our lives. He has come so that we could find peace in him, his life, his presence. It provides relief. Listen, it provides forgiveness. It provides healing for those things. His light provides a way. He came, Jesus came, so that we would be able to see God more clearly. God's word says that Jesus is the perfect image of God. And so what that means is that when we wonder who our God is, we simply have to look at Jesus in the gospels and that's who he is. He is the light of the world and he helps us understand God and he makes a way for us to have a relationship with the God of this universe, the one who spoke the existence of this universe and created light once and for all. Jesus makes a way for us to have that. He is the light of the world, and he has come, and tonight we remember and celebrate his arrival, his arrival in that manger, and he is the light, and the light has dawned, and listen, the, the, the moment the light dawned, all darkness was doomed, The moment the light dawned, all darkness in this world was doomed. Now, here's what's so interesting about Jesus' I Am statement, that he's the light of the world in John 8, 12. This statement doesn't happen in a vacuum. This statement happens right after a really important story in the Gospel of John, and it's not a story about the nativity or anything like that. It's about a story of this woman who was caught in sin. And if you know anything about this story, it's typically not shared on Christmas Eve, okay? But let me tell you something. We're going to go into the story real briefly because I think it's so important for us to understand why this little baby who was born, who is the light of the world, means something to the darkness that we face each and every day. And in this story, there were these religious leaders, quite angry dudes, and they found this woman and they caught her in some act of sin in a moment of darkness. And they dragged her into this public square and they threw her before Jesus. And they said, Jesus, we caught this woman in an act of darkness, in an act of sin. And God's law says that because of what this woman was doing, she should be punished by death. And they stopped and then they asked Jesus. And they said, Jesus, what do you think we should do? What should we do to this woman? And if you know this story, Jesus kind of famously what? He gets down on his knees, right? And he starts to write in the ground. We have no idea what he wrote. (laughs) No idea what he wrote. But he wrote in the ground. We have no idea why he was writing. Maybe he was just buying time. Maybe he was bored. Just kind of letting them kind of get their anger out. But if you would for a moment, just pause and think about that woman. And think about what it must have been like to be her in that moment. Trapped in the middle of this confrontation by these religious leaders trying to entrap Jesus in some moment. And and let's just concede for a moment that the religious leaders had caught this woman in sin somehow. And that she was guilty of whatever they said she was guilty of. Imagine the fear that she would feel in that moment. Imagine the condemnation the judgment, the guilt, as that's just kind of being laid out in front of everyone's eyes and she's wondering what's going to happen. I mean, this woman would have been genuinely concerned for her life in this moment. Maybe she was in that moment of darkness and in her own life she felt trapped by that way of life and that there was no way out and this is all that she could do with her life and I'm sure that, it, that if that's the case, that's something that many of us probably identify with. If we've ever had to deal with darkness, sometimes we feel like there's no way out of the darkness. That it's got us by the legs and we are trapped. And so she's there and she's breathlessly anticipating what Jesus is going to say to these religious leaders. And in that moment, Jesus gets up. He gets up. And he says to these religious leaders, he says this, whoever is among you, whoever among you is guiltless, may be the first to throw a stone at her. And you can just imagine like a silence like this would just fall over that scene. Just totally fall over that scene. And one by one, the scripture says, I just imagine she'd hear the thud of those rocks on the ground that they were planning on stoning her with. And it says, they walked away, beginning with the older, leading down to the younger. Imagine the relief that that woman felt in that moment. Imagine the comfort, thinking here is this Jesus Here's this Jesus who maybe she's heard rumblings about and rumors about this Jesus. You know, Jesus in God's word, it says, he's the friend of sinners. And here's this woman caught in this act of darkness and maybe she had friends or or people that she knew who were talking about this Jesus and they were like, you've never met a man like him. He's a man full of grace. He's a man full of hope, full of kindness, full of gentleness, full of meekness, full of mercy. And he changes everything. And here this woman is in this moment and she can't believe it. Like she, has had this close encounter with Jesus and she maybe looked up from the corner of her eye and just caught a vision of him and he addressed her. And he said this to her. He said, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she replied, no one, Lord. And Jesus said this. And he says this to us this evening as well. I do not condemn you either. Whatever darkness you face, I do not condemn you for it. Go and from now on do not sin anymore. And in that moment, Jesus offers a lifeline. He offers her hope. And he calls her out of her moment of darkness, not through judgment, not through fear, not through condemnation, not through shame. He calls her out of that moment of darkness into light through mercy, through kindness. It is his kindness that leads to repentance is what God's word says. It is his kindness. And that's John 11, 8 11. The verse immediately following this encounter with this woman is John eight twelve, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so this Jesus, who, who, who was with God from all eternity past, who entered into our world as a human being, as a baby in a manger, born to this lowly couple, he came as the light of the world not to condemn you, Not to heap guilt and shame upon you. His light isn't this exposing light that's that's intended to make you feel bad about yourself. His light is a light of hope that offers you freedom moving forward out of darkness. And that light is available to all who follow him. Jesus says, follow me. I'm the light of the world, follow me. And if you do, you will never walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. And today, this this afternoon, in the midst of this kind of busy Christmas season with our crazy weather, maybe you find yourself in a really dark situation. Maybe you find yourself in a hopeless spot where you're wondering, God, where are you? Where are you in this thing? Where are you in this broken relationship, God? Where are you in the midst of our financial trouble? God, where are you in the midst of this sickness? God, we are waiting on you to answer, where are you? And if that is you today and you are struggling in that season of darkness, wondering where is God, you're like, I haven't heard God, I haven't felt God, I haven't sensed God in years. If that is you, let me just tell you this evening that there is hope. There is hope and his name is Jesus. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and that light's name is Jesus. He offers life and peace and joy amidst the chaos and brokenness and darkness and hurting of this world. He's the light that the prophets spoke about thousands of years ago, but he did not come to us in this blaze of glory. He came to us humbly as a baby in a manger. The way from darkness to light is found in this manger through Jesus. The way from death to life is found in this manger through Jesus Christ. And he came, listen, in the darkest of times. He came amidst oppression, amidst war, amidst hundreds of years of silence from God to his people. He came, and when the light came, The darkness was doomed. And so Jesus says to all of us today, this Christmas, he says, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so in this quieter moment on Christmas, I just invite you to close your eyes right now as we just take a quick moment to reflect upon what Jesus has has said to us here today. And what Jesus has said to us here today is is that he offers us hope because he is the light of the world. And this light, this hope is freely on offer to anyone who follows him. As we think about that story uh, about that woman, Jesus offered her mercy and kindness, but he didn't tell her to go back out into her life and into her world doing the same thing she was doing. He said, go and sin no more. You know, sin sin over-promises and under-delivers. It always does. That's what darkness does. And this Christmas, I think there are even subtle ways that we can be deceived into thinking that we'll find hope and contentment and peace. And so in this moment, perhaps some of us just need to take a step of faith and say, Jesus, I will follow you. Maybe we went through a season of our lives where we followed Jesus, but it's been a long time since we've really truly followed Jesus. And this is the moment that God's spirit is calling us out of our our slumber, out of the darkness, and he's saying, no, follow me again. I'm a God of mercy and a God of kindness and I welcome you back with open arms like that father who welcomed back his prodigal son. I welcome you back. For some of us, it's the first time you'll be running to God's arms. But Jesus said, he he promised that when we follow him, we will not walk in darkness. And so Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your humility. We thank you that you came as a baby, humbling yourself in a manger to a lowly couple. You did not arrive to the palace, to to, to, to the great, to to the high, to the famous Lord. You, You arrived to the lowly, to the poor. you you, you arrive to people like us who are in so desperately, that we are desperately in need of your love, your forgiveness. So Jesus, we, we turn back to you this Christmas season. We remember that the reason why we do all of this in the first place is for you. And so Jesus, we pray that you would be glorified in this service. As we sing these next couple of songs and as we remember that you are the light of the world, God, I pray that you would be glorified with our song. And God, even more importantly, as we leave this place later this evening, God, would you be glorified in our lives? We are wholly undeserving of this gift of Jesus Christ this Christmas season, but we are grateful. We are so grateful, Jesus. I pray all this in your powerful name, amen.